space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second and contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We're not only starting a new episode, but we are starting a brand new season. We're in season two because we have finally reached the 21st century. Although, if you're trying to sell a Doomsday book or two, maybe we haven't yet. But we'll discuss that later. Uh, but this is Season 2, Episode 1, and we are going to Season 5 of Voyager. We're going to the Episode 1159. Now, I'm not going to be alone again. I'm just going to punch it up on my little device here. I have another guest. Jen, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Ah, oh, fantastic. Hello, Jen. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Hi, uh, my name is Jen Tiff, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Eat at Quarks. Uh, and you can also find my podcast, which is Snaptrack, um, on Twitter at Snaptrack and wherever you get your podcasts. Fantastic. I love Miss Snaptrack. Um, anyone who's listened <laughs> to the Voyage Home episode knows that I've gushed a lot to Ross about it. And I'm going to gush Aww. to Jen about it as well. <laughs> I absolutely love this podcast. It is fantastic. Uh, and as I said before, it's one of those podcasts that you listen to the concept and you think, why didn't I think of that? It's such yeah. a good idea. Take two episodes because there's so many. With oh, thank even, you so much. Even the most tangential connection it is fantastic to listen to. Um, Thank you. And I'm always trying and to think of what episodes could actually mix up. Yeah, we have, you know, we I've been thinking about this episode we're talking about today, and mm. we have a good matchup for this one yeah. um, that we want to do soon. Yeah, so this is timely. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you so much, and and uh, and you 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 frequently um, uh, delight us with your poetry submissions. <laughs> Torture really you, torture you. That's, no, that's the no. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yes, and I do love the poetry that comes out on this as well. It, it's amazing how anyone who submits the poetry, um, just it, you can get such wildly different things all from the same episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that. And uh, you know, whether it's a haiku, whether it's um, you know rhyming, <laughs> anything. But I think Alex, Alex Perry from the episode we've just listened to before we're recording this. Uh, I think he's set the bar with his impression. Uh, <laughs> he, he did an impression of a character in the episode saying the poetry as he's actually in the episode living the... Oh, Singing. It's crazy. There was <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so many levels to that. So many levels. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you listen to anything Snapchat related, please go listen to Alex Perry's lyrical recap for the Enterprise episode Zero Hour <laughs> from uh, the episode of Zero Hour versus Such Beat Sorrow Part 2. It is hilarious. I'm still laughing. <laughs> Weeks later, since we recorded it. It really so is a benchmark. It's incredible. It's incredible. It I really wished I'd, I'd sort of done my review of Zero Hour mm. after that, um, because obviously we we did a little snippet of the end of Zero Hour. Right. And just, right. Uh, oh, yeah. And just putting it back in, because we just sort World of left. So, yeah. Um, excellent. <laughs> well, we're in 1159. 
Uh, before we get started on the episode, why why this one? When I was sort of uh, throwing out the idea for guests to come on, why did you pick this one? Oh, I, I I've always been partial to this episode. I know it's not everybody's favorite. I know it's it's kind of a you know <laughs> it's kind of not for not in everybody's uh it's not to everybody's taste, which I get, I totally get. But I I adore the fact that they managed to make a Hallmark Christmas movie out of a Star Trek episode. (laughs) This is exhibit A that you could do Star Trek in literally any genre (laughs) and have a great Star Trek story. And it really is a great Star Trek story. And then, and I just, I, I really just get a big kick out of this episode. I I never thought of it. A Hallmark episode in Star Trek. Yeah. I never even considered that. That's a really good, really good description. Yeah. It's got the structure of it. Yeah. Completely. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Uh, It's, it's almost like it was the the uh, Twilight Zone, but without the twist. Right. Like you you know yeah. you know a character from some other episode, but there's nothing there's nothing sinister about it, like in the Twilight Zone. Right. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, and and it's kind of interesting too because there's there's literally no science fiction mm. in it. You know, normally even even if we if we go back, you know, in time, there's you know, like Carbon Creek and, you know, they, and the aliens crash land mm-hmm. on Carbon, you know, in, in Carbon Creek. And, and, but here, this is just straight up a story from the 20th slash 21st century, you know, uh, which, you know, whichever you want to describe it. But, um, but yeah, and, but it's still very, it still has the message of Star Trek in it, That's which I just, it. I love. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. Um, I was thinking when we were watching this that this is the first time I've done an episode around this time period where it hasn't felt like it's a, a sort of schlocky B movie or anything like that. It actually just felt mm-hmm. like a genuine character piece. Right, let's get into the episode, shall we? Uh, we are going to timestamp two minutes and 22 seconds, and we get almost a captain's log, really. Um <laughs> Shannon O'Donnell is in a beaten up uh, car and uh, she is on her way to Indiana when she presses record and play on an old cassette recorder, a portable one. And I used to have one of those. Did you ever have one of those, Jen? Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) For sure. Did you ever try and do what I did where I was recording uh, audio from my favorite TV shows and things like that? I I did. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Holding it up to the speaker. (laughs) I don't know why. <laughs> no, no, because you'd always get really terrible sound quality, but you felt like you were cheating the system somehow. That's so funny. I, and I remember I did, I did that. I made like um, a tape of um, theme songs. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, I grew up in the, you know, I was, I was born in the seventies, but I grew up in the eighties and, and, uh, and which was, you know, pretty much the heyday for uh, very catchy theme song tunes. I remember recording <laughs> on a tape recorder just like that. For whatever reason, let's follow the theme song. We're practically the same person because I did exactly the same thing. Uh, For me, the one that stands out in my mind was we had this massive TV with all these dials and things. It was it was just one step up (laughs) from the the turn dial TV, and we were watching. um, uh, It was Monty Python and uh, the Holy Grail. No, Monty Python and uh, the Life of Brian. (laughs) <laughs> and I wanted to record the Always Look on the Bright Side of Life song because right. I knew it had dirty words in it. And I wanted to be the cool kid with the mixtape that had dirty words. So I put it up to the Explicit speaker. Explicit lyrics. Yeah, exactly. And my, I, I remember my, my parents sort of caught me recording it 
and said, you don't need to record that. It's got dirty words. You're not supposed to have that. And I, they oh, sort of told me off funny. for doing it. And then I just waited until they went to sleep and then tried again. So right. it was just, you know, I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but hours of fun with those tape recorders. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, the fortunate thing is Shannon gives us our time and date, right? A really specific time and date. In fact, it's 5 a.m. on December 27th, 2000. So as always, we are going to pause here and we're going to do a bit of the history. Now I'm going to hand over to Jen in just a second because we've got lots of stories to tell. Um, the first bit of history for this year, uh, for 2000 in January, um, Y2K never happened. Uh, it was a big scare, uh, but it never actually happened. But there were still leftovers. There was a lot of hoarding going on, uh, in f- uh, massive hoarding towards uh, the the end of the millennium uh, in lots of households, not just in the US, but in every other country. Uh, Britain especially also had a lot of a, a hoarding problem, despite the fact that the year was being heralded as the International Year of Culture and Peace. Now, before we move on, I believe you have a little story for us, Jen, about Y2K. <laughs> well, I mean, you say Y2K never happened, but it's actually a really good example of uh, everybody coming together and solving a problem before, you know, <laughs> before it strikes. <laughs> um, because it, it, it was um, it was a big collab. It was a collaborate worldwide collaboration to um to make sure that there weren't any computer issues from the y2k um a bug i guess you could say bug <laughs> but it really wasn't a bug uh it was it was a, a data uh, it was a design choice but um but yeah so it you know when i in 1999 actually when this it's interesting that this episode actually came out in um may of 1999 uh, even though it takes place in the year, you know, two th- in the next year, in the year 2000, um, when, when we didn't know what was going to happen at, on Y2K. And um, what I was doing during this time was was debugging code, working working really hard, um, debugging code for the for a uh, contractor, a government contractor. Um, and we, you know, we r- ran a lot of simulations uh, on si- systems. And, and yeah, there would have been a lot of... Uh, you know, cascading failures in in a lot of these embedded systems, um, and there were some some very serious things that could have happened. But you know, it's actually it's actually a really good example of how everyone we had a problem that had an actual deadline. You know, wow. <laughs> we nice. had until you know until uh, you know January first, two thousand, and and everyone we worked you know collaborated to solve it, and we did. And I think. Um, I think it's one of those those things where, like, when you prevent disasters from happening, you look invisible. Yes. You know, like it looks like it looks like it was. Oh, there must have been just been a hoax then. Because <laughs> you know? nothing. You know, oh, you know, it turned to two thousand. Oh, no airplanes fall out of the sky. No, you know, traffic lights went wonky or whatever. <laughs> but, and and it looks like it was just uh, you know blown out of proportion, but it wasn't. There was actually a huge effort to make sure that there weren't any any serious consequences to that and um and it was a very interesting time and it was very interesting that this episode came out 
They took a guess, you know uh, what I mean? Like yes, a, a Star yes. Trek is, 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 is want to do, and they really do make very good predictions, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we, we've seen in, in other things that, that they've predicted, um, in predicting that nothing would happen, and, you know, the world would move on, <laughs> and it did. <laughs> and I love the way Shannon O'Dell puts it, you know, she, she says, you know, um, oh, what did she say, like, UFOs never came down, came down and (laughs) the world didn't change, you know, dramatically. And, uh, when the year 2000 changed and everything just went, you know, went back to after, after millennium craze, everything was (laughs) down, everything was fine. (laughs) No, that's it. That's exactly what I was going to say. This it's the typical, always predicting the happy ending and they got it right. And they, you know, they, they, they knew, right. they knew that obviously you guys were working in the background. They knew that, uh, right, you know, right. smarter people were sorting out the problem whilst everyone else was panicking. Uh, and I'm not alluding to anything going on in modern day politics. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, it, it, it kind of sounds like you went through your own Star Trek episode that you had the deadline to reach and you needed to, you know, hook up yeah. the EPS manifolds to the, to the secondary couplings. Um, <laughs> But I guess I was—I definitely was Shannon O'Dell in that I didn't, you know, I wasn't like the big person in charge. I was just a little cog in the, in the machine. <laughs> no, there, there are no little cogs. No, no, no. Where no matter which. I think that's part of what this. No matter which engineer about. you are, I'm sure, I'm sure right, you're important. Right. Um, but no, that that's fantastic. That, but it just—it strikes me as funny that in in January that um, all like world governments were having a big problem with the fact that everyone had been hoarding. Um, over this and uh, you know uh, because of your fantastic efforts it didn't occur uh, and then uh, it's almost like a response to that is the global governments then decide we're going to declare today uh, this year the international year of culture and peace almost like you know, calm down everyone it's all right <laughs> everything's fine i kind of wonder whether 2021 is going to be the exact same well, you know, oh, the year after everything's compar- happened. Comparison. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a, a computer bug this time. It's a different bug. But uh, I wonder if right, right. we're all going to turn around next year and just say, look, let's just calm down and let's just get through this again, uh, and maybe uh, you know, give your toilet rolls back and just calm down. <laughs> people, no matter what kind of bug it is, people want to hoard that toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I got it. This I was a computer it. bug, and they were still doing it. So there you go. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there was a lot of like this. This was also, I mean, there was a lot of like doomsday prepper stuff starting like in the late '90s, and and even even if you look at um, Future's End, which yes. which you've talked about too, like those um, those scary guys in the in the compound <laughs> that uh, you know Blana yes. runs into, and and the, you know those this was kind of like their heyday. <laughs> Them coming out from obscurity and, and kind of hijacking, you know, yes. <laughs> a whole, you know, half of the country, I guess you could say. <laughs> but yeah, but but it's interesting to say that about the the year of of pe- what did you say, peace and prosperity? Yeah, they, they coined it the International Year of Culture and Peace. Culture and peace. Mm. Well, yeah. Hope. I mean, you know, hopefully the, the U.S. Uh, us us over here in the U.S. will do our part in November to. <laughs> yes. Uh, help <laughs> remove some of the challenges to making <laughs> 2021 the year of just I can't <laughs> think what you're peace. talking about. I just can't think what it is that <laughs> that veiled speech is so hard. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, we can come out from all this and and 
hopefully clearer heads will prevail and, you know, hopefully this all just be, may hopefully some, you know, we'll be talking about this on a podcast yeah. as a historical event, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make for a great episode when they have to go back in time for Strange New Worlds. You know, just oh, look on goodness. the bright side. There we yeah. go. Um, <laughs> Uh, as we go through the year, in March of this year, uh, the PlayStation 2 is released. Ooh, um, so, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually thought it was earlier than that, but uh, again, it's... Uh, yeah, sort of, now that you mentioned that would have... Would... Effect, but I don't know. Yeah. But the only reason I bring it up is that later on we do find out that Shannon O'Donnell is a bit of a gamer herself as well, so uh, <laughs> I thought that was a bit, bit, a bit of a tie-in there. Uh, the July, uh, the Human Genome Project uh, is, uh, yes. reaches its first draft um, with uh, Bill Clinton actually signing off on quite a bit of that. Um, uh, human genomes, that's obviously related to this episode. Um, obviously not in the scenes we're seeing because we're just seeing what happens uh, in, uh, nine, in 2000. But uh, human de- genealogy, it's always fascinating. Uh, is that something you've always wanted to do for yourself, like to trace your ancestry back and things like that? Um, well, I mean, you're talking about two different things there, right? Like learning about our ancestors and learning about our, you know, you know, culturally and learning about them yes. scientifically. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and the, well, in, in the Human Genome Project, it has done a, a lot to help um, track um, you know, especially, th- you know, genetic diseases and things like that. And, um, and I know I've, I've used some, um, <clears throat> one, one of my, one of my, uh, my, my daughter is hard, hard of hearing, um, and it's genetic and, and they you know, they're able to, to, you know, map her, her, you know, genes and, and my genes and my husband's genes and, and kind of see, you know, mm you know track that kind of stuff and 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 this is has really helped the uh, the human genome project is why they know which you know which genes are affect your hearing and you know and things like that so it's it's, and and you know and obviously a myriad of other uh issues so it's it's really fascinating but yeah so it's it's interesting and helpful from that perspective um but yeah i also am very interested in my history, my, my, my family history. I know a lot of my family stories, similar to the way Captain Janeway knows her <laughs> ancestor stories, and I'm sure my family history is embellished too. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's <laughs> the way it engages you, you know. It's true. That's How true. about you? Yeah, well, um, the uh, the genealogy side, at least, is a big thing. Uh, my wife is, is absolutely obsessed. She's got, I think, three different uh, accounts with all the uh, Ancestry.coms and all that sort of thing. Uh, and she's traced all of her side, and she's traced mine as well. And to be honest, I don't really know well, a lot cool. about my own uh, family history. Um, I know that there is a link to sort of Prussia and early uh, Germany, sort of you know, 19th century, and it kind of goes mm-hmm. down that line. I know I think I come from a line of bakers, even though if you ever tasted oh, my cool. cooking, you probably wouldn't <laughs> think so. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, the Human Genome Project, and in terms of, as you say, with the with diseases and things like this, you know, knowing what they're doing right now in 2020, in the your, the year you're sitting in, obviously, I'm, I'm in my time bubble, but, uh, um, you know, <laughs> knowing what they can do with that information, and here they are 20 years yeah. earlier, and it's just getting started. Uh, how quickly that's progressed. Um, I think it's just fascinating. 
Yeah, they keep learning new things. Like every time, it's it's it, they update it so frequently mm-hmm. with new information. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, my you know my family history is not uh, as illustrious as uh, <laughs> Janeway believed hers either. <laughs> but, uh, but I I come from you know Im- immigrants on both sides. Um, from my mother's side, uh, uh, we're immigrants from from Ireland, and my father's side from uh, Russia and Ukraine. Um, around the same time, around the late late 1800s is, is when they came here. But um, uh, and I have a lot of a lot of stories about them. But, but yeah, what is what does uh, Paris say? Salt of the earth, people. <laughs> salt of the earth, people. Um, but it's interesting, my because like you said, your 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 wife is very into it. So is my mother-in-law, and um, she was researching her family. Um, she found out that one of her family, uh, I live in, uh, Pennsylvania mm. and I, I live, uh, a bit, uh, on a battlefield basically from the revolutionary war. Oh, wow. Um, live and, um, she found out that one of her ancestors fought in that battle. So I thought that was kind of cool for my kids, you know, wow. to know that now we're for, for for the american side <laughs> sorry no that's 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 fine that's all right uh we you guys won the battle if that's, that's right. <laughs> makes you feel better you wanted it, it so more... badly we just thought you know just bygones be bygones we'll just let you guys go it's fine it was george washington's greatest defeat actually <laughs> <laughs> where i live so yay i guess yeah <laughs> But I thought that was cool because now you know, and it's, and it's it's funny because then you could you know tell stories like about Shannon O'Dell. You can tell stories. You could say, oh, he was this great general, you know, and cool. Washington's right hand man, you know, but he wasn't, you know, <laughs> you know. But even if his job was like I don't know, like shoveling horse poop, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like it's you know, it's still just you know you're here because of that. That those people were here before you and and. You know, I, l- I look forward to hearing the rap musical of Tift, the uh, the general, the general who uh, who actually uh, was on the battlefield. Oh yeah, why are we not in Hamilton? Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe you are, and it's just you know they they cut the character down a bit, yeah, just you know make yeah. allowances for uh, Hamilton. So there we go. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would like to know what actually rhymes with Tift, but that would be fun. Um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> As we go on, we've got uh, November of this year, uh, we get the first resident crew goes up to the International Space Station. Uh, again, I mentioned this one because it sort of comes oh. up in the episode as well. Uh, That's interesting. I didn't realize that that was yeah. 2000. They had uh, some Russian crews who'd already been up to sort of uh, piece the modules together, but then they would return back down with a Soyuz craft or a uh, shuttle uh, at the time. Uh, but this would be the first resident crew to spend more than, I think it was six months, I found that in the research, which classes you as a resident. Um, so busking in the oh. International Space Station is six months. There we go. Good to know. Um, that is, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting trivia fact. Yeah. But also, that's interesting because then that was another little future piece they put in here. If this came exactly. out in '99. Exactly, and it's even. I love that. I love when Star Trek does that. Yeah. Oh. It's 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 even mentioned that um, the uh, Shannon's class they're they're the ones going to oh. be going up on the shuttle, and here they are in November. Um, it, of course, it's before uh, this uh, this episode is set, but. Uh, it's around the same time so it, it's just fascinating that they all happened at the same time cool. uh, in November as well we also get uh, the Florida recount for Bush's oh, election 
Uh, all I know is hanging chads and dipped chads. That's also oh. all I seem to remember from these stories uh, yeah. for this thing. Um, I'm, I'm relying oh, on you could... as American expert here. Uh, what happened? <laughs> oh, I could do a whole podcast on this if you'd like. It's I'll just boil it down to um, if you know anything about the American election system, it's ridiculous. You know, we have the electoral college, so each state basically has a certain number of votes for the you know president based on how many people they have. So some states are worth more than others. Um, and it came down basically to Florida, the state of Florida, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and um, our, you know, problem child <laughs> a lot of times. But, um, but so what a hanging... I'd have to show you. I'd, I'd have to show you visually, but what a hanging chat is is just basically like, like you have the name of the person that you want to vote for, and then the the like the little um, the little place where you mark the vote for that person was like not even. They weren't even uh, with each other. Okay. So it was kind of like, oh, if if you if you looked at it, you could accidentally, you know, vote for someone you didn't mean to because uh, it's just a crummy design of okay. a ballot. So because of that. And Florida was extremely close. Um, that you know, that's what became into question was was who won Florida, and whoever won Florida would win the election. Um, and yeah, and I, <laughs> I don't know how political you want me to get. <laughs> no, I I have to admit my ignorance. I don't know the ins and outs. Um, I'm sort of aware of it more from watching movies. I have to say. Uh, than watching news uh, and so forth. So knowing the exact system, uh, I'm I'm completely ignorant. But uh, yes. I I do know that you know if you've got a rousing speech uh, at the last minute, usually you win. That's that's all movies have taught me. <laughs> uh, but uh, hanging chads, I guess, are the second way in. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so they did recounts, and then the recounts came to question the integrity of the recounts, and then they didn't count, right. and then like which absentee ballots are you going to count, and you know overseas ballot, you know from from citizens overseas, you know their ballots were they counted fairly and correctly, and and it was just this whole big thing, and, and it just came down the, the courts decided, and the courts basically handed Bush the election because that yeah. Well, not surprising. They're, they're his pals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not surprising given that sort of some of the the other victories I was looking into uh, as it was going on, including Indiana, um, which obviously is mentioned at this point in the episode. Uh, Indiana completely turned red, um, as far as the map I saw uh, when I was trying to sort of look at all the different oh. states, uh, especially the states that Shannon would have crossed into as she was going on her journey. Um, yeah, the Midwest is, yeah. is big red red country. Yeah, I think Gore got three little blues, and it was a very low blue, and uh, and uh, Bush got everything else red. But I just thought it was funny that she was going from Indiana, which was obviously Bush controlled to florida which obviously led to bush being in control so i thought it was you know star trek is even predicting this this is crazy um but uh, but no. there we go uh in december of this year when this episode is actually happening uh now this is a link back to two episodes ago when we did voyage home which also was with your co-host from snapchat but in december of 2000 the third and final reactor of chernobyl is finally shut down so that is the last clearance operation as far as finishing uh, all of the reactors. Of course, 
everything's still there, the radiation is still sitting there, but the last reactor is actually shut down in December of this month, so it's taken that long, 14 years, for the entire effort to, to sort of come to a head. Um, but I just thought it was a sort of nice little tie back to a, two previous episodes, even though it's a horrible thing indeed. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to look at. I, I have some experience in the nuclear ooh, <laughs> power yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm, yeah, I'm actually I, I was a federal uh, safety inspector for nuclear power plants. Oh wow! Um, so, but I, I think I think with with I'd have to I have to go back and look at the Chernobyl uh, um, data because I, I wasn't aware it was until 2000. But but I think like like not not every um, not every reactor at Chernobyl had damage, so they were able to use that uh, ah, nice. reactor um, for a little and you know until its useful life uh, ended. But um, that's cool. But that's that's an, that's really interesting that it was that much later. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's uh, fantastic to have you here because then you're the you're the expert. I can just defer to you. Uh, I'm going to go grab a get a coffee. If you want to just talk for about an hour, that'd be great. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, well, it's, it's you did yeah, you're right because you did the eighty, you did eighty six or uh, yes, it was it was an interesting experience because it's such a happy film uh, of Voyager, yeah. and then we had three disasters in one year. We had. Just, <laughs> Challenger, Chernobyl, and BSC Ooh. hits uh, the UK for the first time. Uh, mad cow disease uh, to you and me. Uh, so yeah, it was three horrible things all happening in the same year, and I was huh. trying to keep it light and airy, and right. I just couldn't do it. It's just uh, history Here, was against here's me. Here's one of Star. Here's one of Star Trek's best comedies. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe they needed a comedy <laughs> in, a, in a year that crummy. That's very true. That is very <laughs> true. To laugh. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, other kind of makes sense. The other big film from the year was Terminator, so that's pretty dire as well. So oh, yeah, maybe wow. you do need a little bit more. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah. Um, but that is, as far as the history is concerned, uh, everything. Uh, but just to give sort of a bit of a culture and background, over here in the UK, number one uh, selling single of the entire year was Who Let the Dogs Out? Because we are <laughs> we are so cultured and refined here in the UK by the Baja men. Um, and I think... You in the US had it better, though, because your top single uh, was uh, Breathe by Faith Hill, which I think is a a, a better, better. Yeah, all right. Who who let the dogs out and and breathe? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Who's going to go for that one? Uh, Maybe I'll make it a poll on Twitter when we release this. Uh, Which was the better song? Um, but yeah, because it's funny because you show you show me the chart yes, for UK, yes. and I'm like I'm like I don't know uh, half of these songs was I that much out of it in the year 2000? I was still with it. I was in college. It's it's really worrying when you have to go really far into it's the top so 50 different. before you recognize yeah, a song. Yeah. And think, oh, yeah. yeah, I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> I didn't realize how different it was from the U.S. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think of it. Well, we, we, were the, we were the cool kids. Out. It's fine. We were, we were the cool kids. Of course, we're not going to be into the top ten or twenty or thirty. Oh yeah, that's too mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. We're the alternative crowd. Thanks very much. Uh, but oh, there we go. Too funny. But that's the history. So we're going to get back uh, to the episode. So we've had Shannon uh, crossing the state lines and she sees a sign for this Millennium Gate. Uh, And then we uh, stop at 2 minutes 59 seconds to do the credit sequence, which lasts till 4 minutes and 43 seconds. Now, this is the first episode I've done with you, Jen, uh, but also the first Voyager episode. Uh, Any thoughts on the Voyager credit sequence? Oh, that's my favorite. Hey. 
fantastic. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the visuals. I think they really do a a great job of um of showing us, you know, all this, you know, interstellar phenomenon, you know, that Voyager's going through. Um, as far as far as like themes, it's not my favorite. Okay. But visuals, one hundred percent. I I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. Nope. How about you? I, I agree with you. Um, as I said in the last episode uh, with our guests as well, I actually think it's one of my favourite scenes because it's one of those ones you sort of hum along and you can easily sort of get into it. And it's one of those. Oh, it's beautiful. I like, yeah. It's yeah, it's like really punchy. I love <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's really punchy and it's just, it's ba 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 And uh, you can just find yourself just humming along to it. And even though Voyager itself, the the series itself, uh, isn't necessarily my favourite flavour of, of Trek. It's not my favourite mm-hmm. child, uh, but uh, it's um, it, the 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 credit sequence and the the music and like you say, the visuals. It, it really strikes home with you. You always remember the bit where the, it's passing through the cloud and it's pushing all the cloud or gas away and uh, and all these sorts of things. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it was it's also beautiful. the music. I think the first music that kind of had a real strong identity to it because TNG was just a rehash of the movie soundtrack. And uh, you know, yeah, that but it's a, it became its own thing. True, true, <laughs> true. true. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That, that, but but uh, TNG theme is my favorite though. It's oh. just so grandiose. It's still it's, it's, it's probably just it's unforgettable. Yeah, it's probably just a nostalgia factor too. <laughs> but um, but for me, but yeah, but I totally get what you're saying, and I love the Voyager theme. I love them all. Yes, you know. Exactly. I mean, I guess Faith of the Heart. <laughs> 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 a little spotty on, but. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing oh, exists like that. I'm not right, right, right. <laughs> but no, but, but I mean, but even that, even that's kind of grown on me a little bit. Yeah, I think we but can. I know we can ironically, it, ironically we can ironically like it. It's, <laughs> yeah. okay. it's like all the things you in know, the chart that we didn't know. We can ironically like uh, those songs now. Right, right. <laughs> Who let the dogs out on? Unironically like that one. Mm, the classic. Yes. <laughs> ironically like that one. Let me get my pipe. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> But and well, I, you know what? And I like um, I, I Faith of the Heart's fine. But then I don't like when they speed it up, because yes. then you get like, because then you get it's just such a jarring uh, transition from like, oh no, there are Nazis in the White House, and then you have this like like bouncy, jumpy, poppy song. <laughs> the theme song just comes on, and it's just very jarring. <laughs> It, it, like before the the slower it, original. Yes, I know. no, I'm completely with you on that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's first season. It's what I call a "Hey Kids" theme tune. Um, it just feels like it's trying yeah, to be yeah. hip, and it doesn't. Really, yeah, yeah, it's it's your uncle at the wedding. <laughs> I don't I don't know why they did that. I don't know why they changed I that. Your uncle. <laughs> it's, it's not quite that embarrassing. <laughs> it's confusing. It's just confusing. Um. We come back at four minutes and 43 seconds and uh, Shannon's running into a bit of trouble and she literally runs into a bit of trouble as she crashes into uh, a, another person's car uh, whilst trying to get directions um, to the interstate. And uh, I was just wondering on this point, like, how successful do you think generally people would be about getting away with not spending $200 when you've hit someone and you clearly don't have insurance? 
Well, that guy's full of crap, though. I mean, two hundred dollars. Just looked at, you know, if like your your bumper's just like whacked a little, <laughs> trying to get two hundred dollars out of her. The car can clearly move. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, like, but yeah, I mean, I know. I like I've done that. Like if if the if someone had hit hit my car and it's just like, yes. you know, not serious. I'm not gonna like mm. make a federal case out of it. Yeah. <laughs> also, wouldn't try to like <laughs> extort two hundred dollars out of them. <laughs> It That's did, not how things work. It did seem a bit steep. I mean, I'm not sure what the conversion rate in pounds and dollars would be, but that seemed a bit much. Right, especially in 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, yeah, and then, yeah, I don't know. She gave him a stop story. That, I don't know. That's worked on me, I admit. <laughs> <laughs> People have done that to me. <laughs> I guess it's always, always in your own frame of mind as well. How bad a day have you had? So, you know, how are you going to take right. it out on someone? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Because yeah, man, because that could be steep too. Like if if someone doesn't have insurance and gosh. and you're gonna hammer out your bumper, that could be like a thousand dollars worth of you know worth of damage to to hammer out and repaint a bumper. Very true. But, you know, for like you, know, you really want to put someone through that. You know, if it's if you if the insurance company is paying, sure, yeah. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> I don't mind uh, you know taking advantage of the insurance company. Yes. You know, I mean uh, legally, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't mean like take advantage of it. Nope. Like, but, um, yeah, I'm going to get, I'd get my bump, you know, if someone has insurance, yeah, I'll, you know, paint and hammer out my bumper, but if someone doesn't, I'm not going to pay a thousand dollars just so I don't have a little, but I, I know some people too are very intri- into their cars. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> that's a different story. I guess if that's like your baby, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> We uh, we then get uh, Shannon uh, meeting Henry Janeway and Jason Janeway uh, for the first time. Uh, yeah. She's coming in to warm herself up. And um, I was just thinking on your general impressions on this scene. Uh, obviously, there's so many parts to it. But uh, first impressions of Henry and Jason and the interaction between uh, the three characters. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a curmudgeon. Yeah. Of course, yeah. um, but you know, but he's a little bit endearing too. I think in the scene, you know, he's like the the, the son. The son's great. I love him. You know, he's he's like she doesn't look like a what do you call her a corporate raider or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it was a like, corporate hitman. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. He doesn't look like a corporate hitman, Dad. <laughs> he's like, okay, come on in. <laughs> so that's cute. They've got a cute, you know, the three of them together have a very cute, cute dynamic. They said, yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's a warm it's a warm um, space, even though he's obviously not being very welcoming to anyone right now mm. <laughs> because of where he stands. But his his bookshelf is very cozy. Yes, you know it's it's a place I'd like to go and and browse, you know, for a few hours. Um, and it's also that's a very hallmark Christmas movie thing for it to be a bookstore. <laughs> That's oh, like one of the standards. I am so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. My my wife is uh, obsessed with um, it's what we call Christmas 24. It's the channel Christmas 24 over here in the UK. Where you have a Christmas channel? Oh yes, it starts November 1st <gasps> and finishes on the 5th of January. And I think almost every movie has that library in it. Yes. Oh, of. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm so glad you said that because yeah, that's exactly what came to oh, my mind funny. as well. But I would love yeah. that library. Oh, that's yeah, me too. Yeah, that's funny because I, I I like to watch. I like the Netflix. Does she watch the the Netflix movies, oh, Christmas yes. movies? Oh, yeah. Because yes. 
There's a whole Netflix Christmas movie cinematic universe now. There's a what? Do- yes. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> okay, so the Christmas Prince. Now there, are, there are okay, there are three Christmas, um, Christmas, um, three movies in the Christmas Prince trilogy now. There are three. But they, sh- <laughs> but they share a universe with the Princess Switch. And also, um, the night before Christmas, what? which is with K K N I G H T. That one involves time travel. Oh, <laughs> but these my. are all these are all Netflix. And Princess Switch Two is coming out supposedly this year. So, they, but they have a whole they they have a shared universe, which is interesting because apparently Vanessa Hutchins is in more than one movie. So there's like. Oh wow! Three or four of her, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting because there's they, they all take place in different countries, obviously, um, but within the same with the same sort of fiction, fictional time. universe. That's yeah. Great. So yeah. they've got their own sort so of so we get a Star Trek potential universe. for crossovers. Yeah. 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 So potential for crossovers oh, is happening. Wow. <laughs> uh, I I would go down to my wife and say, "Oh, did you know this?" And she'll just say, "Of course I did." Stop Stop asking <laughs> me stupid will. questions. <laughs> I highly recommend The Night Before Christmas because it's because of the time travel aspect. It's a little bit, you know, science fictiony. Well, who knows? Well, <laughs> I'm looking for ideas for what April Fools might be uh, for this uh, podcast. So, <laughs> April Fools Day, maybe uh, um, Night Before Christmas will be uh, the one we review. Uh, <laughs> I am here if you want to review any cheesy Christmas movies. I am. Please call me. <laughs> Coming soon. The temporal the does trick does trek Christmas. There we go. Oh my gosh, uh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, but this is this is as close as we're gonna get. I guess there's no. This. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's why I like this. I think this is funny. <laughs> with New Year's Eve and and uh, and it's and it's great. It's funny. Well, it's almost now that I feel like well, you know, all the Star Treks are on Netflix, so maybe we should just mix in this episode with the connected universe and just say that it's all connected. You know, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> retcon it in there. Retcon it through. That's why Shannon O'Donnell is part of that uh, uh, Night Before Christmas universe. There they we can, go. They can run, yeah. I think one of the characters is, is a science teacher. She can maybe teach about Shannon O'Donnell oh, <laughs> in her classes. It's practically writing itself. That's fantastic. It is. <laughs> Oh, that's and then that puts it into the Star Trek universe. That's true. Ooh, there you go. Like that. Yeah, and, that, like and that. it would explain all the timey-wimey stuff. You know, you don't have to have the magic. It could be science. There you go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be a Q. Oh, that yes. brings them forward in time instead of, you know, magic yes. witch or whatever it was. There we go. Yeah, it's obviously it's our understanding of it. You know, it's the Arthur C. Clarke right, quote right. and everything. Yeah, of course. You could do anything and just say Q did it. Yeah. You know, it's so easy. <laughs> it's not magic. It's Q. Uh, that exactly. makes sense. Um, so uh, Henry looks like he's going to send Shannon away as soon as she sort of starts getting interested in the uh, uh, protest against the Millennium Gate. Uh, as soon as she mentions computers and technology. And I think this is kind of, for me, at least watching it, was the first instance of the theme of the episode. So the the old meets the new, the future versus the past and, and so forth. Um, I, I do like the way that the scene sort of ends with her saying, you do believe in electricity, sort of playing up to it. <laughs> and it's a really nice little spark between them for that, um, uh, pun intended, for the electricity. Uh, but generally speaking, on the theme of the episode... 
how well do you think they pulled off the whole past versus future? Do you feel it was too in your face? They didn't do it enough? Oh, it was in your face. Nothing is subtle in this. No, no. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> it's just fun. But but no, I, I, I love that because obviously, you know, she wins. Yes. You know, he, he he moves along into the 21st century with her um, and decides to, you know, if not embrace the idea of the millennial Millennium Gate, at least, you know, begrudgingly <laughs> accepts it <laughs> and goes along, you know, with her and and I think that's uh, that you know that's the Star Trek spin on the on on this genre of story too because in any other you know romantic movie they would save the bookstore yes you know and they didn't do that here because that's because we're explorers Shannon O'Dell was an explorer she's a very Star Trekky character. Yes. <laughs> um and and I I just love it I love it that you know he he, he because he's not. Oh, he's a, he is a dick about it in some ways, but <laughs> he's not a dick about it. He kind of is, <laughs> but he's also, he's also very, I, I mean, the reason he's stuck in the past, I mean, it probably has to do with, with, you know, I mean, trauma. He obviously has had trauma of lo- losing his wife, you know, Jason lost his mother. And of course you, you know, you want to be stuck in the past there. So, so, you know, there's that dual, like, like, yeah, you know, not embracing technology and, and advances that way, but also just, being stuck where you are, you know, because it's hard to move on yes. from things. And, and yeah, and, and he moved on in both ways. And I think that's lovely. Yes. And I think they did a really good job with that. And I think they, I think it made it a really, really a, a, a Star Trek story yes. way to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I think her willingness to help him sort of put me in yeah. mind of the, you know, the Edith Keelers that we've seen from the previous century, the, the, yeah. the people who are willing to just help people just because that's who they are. Um, they don't need a special reason. They aren't, you know, being paid to do it or anything like this. Yes, she's obviously in a quandary about what she's going to do, where she's trying to go, but she, <laughs> she's got a car fixed. Exactly. She should be <laughs> out of it. She'll be off. Um, but she's at least willing to, to help his cause and, you know, uh, bring her technology, even though he doesn't really want it. Um, and he begrudgingly allows, you know, the, the technology to come in. Right. Um, she's willing to help. Um, and it put me in mind of the, the scene where uh, Kirk and Edith um, are walking down the street and he says that, you know, a future author will say that um, let me help is more important than I love you. And it, it just makes mm-hmm. me think that, you know, whenever a character does that, it makes you instantly love them uh, because yeah. they're more willing yeah. to, to help others than to think of themselves, which, as you say, perfect Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. We move into the bar and I, I, I really like the scene between the two of them as they're trying to one-up each other yeah. on yeah. Uh, uh, who had it better, you know, uh, do they have antibiotics and all this sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it ends with um, Shannon winning by saying there's uh, cold, no cold beer. And uh, Henry seems to right. give in at this point. Yeah. But it kind of seems like he doesn't know his history because if it was Rome, they had wine. They don't need beer. That was what the <laughs> barbarians were drinking. He's clearly he's a, he's a charlatan. He doesn't know his, his history at all. Other things to drink, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but any thoughts on that interaction and and the love story element that they brought in, as opposed to sort of the theme of the episode? Well, yeah. I mean, I roll my eyes at, at anyone who uh, who 
thinks that it was better <laughs> back before things like, you know, I like her examples, antibiotics, yeah. you know, cars, you know, <laughs> there's little, um, it, she's obviously correct. Yes. So I always roll my eyes on that, but they had a really cute back and forth. They have a nice rapport. Mm. Um, and they, and they both, both characters really fit into that. I really like the design of that, that little bar that they're in. Yes. I, I think it fits. It fits both characters somehow. Yes. For them to be that to be in there to, together. I don't know. I don't know why. No, yeah. Oh, it makes sense because <laughs> yeah, because you've got the old world sort of the pool house and everything like that, and then yeah, you've got you know, yeah. the, the glowy signs and the posters for the Millennium Gate as if it's it's yeah. welcoming the change. So yeah, it's it's a great. It's got program. football on TV and everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It did put me in mind of uh, Snap Trek, of your podcast, the fact that there were these two oh. people, you know, because obviously one's talking about the past and one's talking about the future and <laughs> trying to see what was better and overlapping and stuff. So uh, it, oh, you know, that's funny. trying to outwit each other. I thought that was quite yeah. funny. Um, so I'm going to do a, a meta Snap We need to have some beer next time. Also. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have a beer. <laughs> Who had it better in each episode? There we go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to do a meta Snap Trek between Temporal Trek Ooh. and Snap Trek there. So, uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> here's the episode. And we I, go. Uh, I do like that. Um, we, <laughs> we also get the conversation, which we've alluded to earlier, about Y2K and how they predicted that it wasn't yeah. kind of come to a thing. And as you said, it was because of the hard work and the Star Trekian effort going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, as... Uh, they start to get a shaking in the pub and they see trucks rolling past uh, as the the construction work is moving in. We then cut to news footage and it's talking about um, uh, the heritage of the past and there's sort of an interaction between our bad guy, as it were, this Mr. Moss character, and Henry sort of shouting in his face and talking about our past, our heritage and, and so forth. With everything that's been going on lately uh, in some of the political spheres, we've been talking about um, uh, removing statues and changing history, losing uh, or changing how we see the past in some ways. We, did you have any thoughts on how this scene and what was being said sort of plays into that? Well, I, I, that character is very interesting because he's really not a bad guy. Yeah. He's not the yes. typical He's not, you know, yeah. corporate. Yeah. Guy. yeah. He even says he's like, you know, Henry's a nice guy and mm. <laughs> he's just, you know, wrong on this issue. And, and, and he's, he's very, he's, he's really not like evil corporate guy yes. that you would, you know, yeah. um, cause normally, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be wary of any corporation who's trying to come in and, and take, you know, take the livelihood of, of a town. Basically. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's a little bit um, it, it's funny because we know that the Millennium Gate we because we, we know from the scenes I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about yeah no, that's why <laughs> Voyager as the guest it's already an episode in your past I'm obviously just rediscovering oh, that's it funny so. yes. You're in your bubble, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So so we know that yeah, they got a lot of information on this. This this was basically the the, the blueprint for the first colony on Mars, and it was it was really good. <laughs> it did a lot of, of good, um, and we know that um, we have the benefit of that, and and he doesn't, and I could see I could see his why uh, um Henry Henry doesn't have that, and and Henry um. You know, I could see him just, you know, reading the brochure and saying, oh, they want to just basically tear down my town to build a glorified shopping mall. <laughs> you know, I think what he calls it. 
And yeah, I can see why he feels that way. And I'm automatically distrustful of the corporate guy. Um, but also sounds like, you know, so, so it's a, it's a hard parallel to make, mm. you know, mm. um, having that hindsight. Yes. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but I'm all for progress. I don't think, I don't think you should stagnate, you know, just because he wants to be in his old bookstore, you know, I don't think you should, not, you know, <laughs> yes. leave the town to, to, uh, <laughs> to eventually die down because it's not, you know, changing with, with, with the town, you know, with the times. Yeah. Um, it, it, it sort of makes you feel that Henry is too short sighted that even though he's, yeah. he's read his books, he, he has the knowledge, but he doesn't seem to have that force. He hasn't interpreted the knowledge correctly. You know, the, the idea that if this town is so easy to buy up by a corporation, doesn't that mean that everything was kind of failing anyway? And maybe it does need to be improved. Uh, because if if they prevent this and they move to another site and the Millennium Gate is built somewhere else, is the town just going to take a downward spiral anyway? Right. Um, right. And it seems short-sighted of the character. And of course, you know that plays into the whole tension that will come later as Shannon is desperately trying to convince him um, to give in. Um, and it, it just made me think of also all the discussions we're having lately of um, re-examining how we teach our history. Uh, with statues to people who uh, were part of the slave trade and things and how we're not learning the correct lessons from history. You know, we, we shouldn't glorify necessarily everyone because they did one good thing um, when they clearly did horrible other things in their life. Um, it just watching this episode right now, uh, in 2020 for you, um, <laughs> it, it just made me think that there's quite a lot of uh, today's politics that are still relevant to this episode. Right. Um, we move on to uh, a candlelight dinner and a poor man's holodeck, uh, which is what I've put in my, my <laughs> guide. With, <laughs> I like that. Because <laughs> he opens the book and they're suddenly in Paris. Yeah. Look at that. No, oh, no chunky sliding doors. That's a sweet way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was, uh, he's, he's quite a flirt. I like his moves, I have to say. Just open the book and, you know. Off you go to Paris. It's fantastic. That's that's a romantic date. It's a romantic <laughs> dinner, you know. It's Candlelight, you know. The, the, like I've, I've said, I said before, the book the bookstore itself is is just very a, a very cozy, warm place, you know. Yes. So you had candles and a and a book, of, uh, you know, of a, of a Parisian scene and <laughs> and good company and hey, <laughs> sounds pretty good to me. I also like that, you know, the safeties can't fail on this holodeck. Uh, the, the most you're going to get is a paper cut, maybe, and then that's it. Um, and we end the scene. Well, that's interactive. Of a... <laughs> that's true, yeah. Of an adventure. but T Turn the page and, oh, we can move down the street. There we go. Best you're going to do in, uh, yeah, in 2000, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> Uh, we end the scene at right, 17 minutes, 34 seconds, and we come back at 21 minutes, 32 seconds. And again, as we've been sort of saying, Mr. Moss, uh, the corporate guy, isn't necessarily your typical bad guy. Um, you think you're going to hate him because every other movie that has a Mr. Moss is always going to have him as the bad guy. Um, but he's he comes to O'Donnell with what seems to be the sleazy offer, the thing that's supposed to make you hate Mr. Moss. Um <laughs> And he's, he, he sort of takes his time to get to know her and that she's got, you know, these ambitions for uh, doing something fantastic. And 
plays on her uh, her skills as an engineer and tries to buy her that way. Um, and could she just have a word with Henry? Um, when you first watched the episode, if you can remember first watching the episode, did you feel like he was going to turn more sleazy and more evil as the episode went on? Or do you feel that how he came to her, it made sense? Oh, I don't remember how I felt the first time watching this. Um, I don't, but, but yeah, I mean, you would, you know, once you see him come up to her, you think he's going to do something sleazy, but he really didn't. I mean, he said, he said, I know who you are. I know your history. I know you're a qualified aerospace engineer. Um, please help us, you know, talk to Henry and, and get, you know, get him on board. Um, we'll give you a job. I mean, that's a pretty, there's really not, he's not really doing anything sleazy. And, and I like how, um, how later on she owns up to it. Yes. Like she doesn't try to keep it from her. She's like, yeah, I had a beer with, with him, you know, yes. <laughs> right. Like right away. So there's nothing like, there's nothing very, um, you know, like what's the word? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but nothing there's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing underhanded going on. It, you know, I think it's a very reasonable offer. And even later, I mean, he, he, he's, he's a very reasonable guy too. Even mm. later he's like, he's like, we're still, you know, we're still offering you a job. I mean, yeah, you didn't deliver on, on Henry, but you know, there's still a job waiting for you in the next town, yes. you know, in, in Ohio. I thought it, and it's, it's a nice, easy little line. It just, oh. Cause you, th- you think you're going to hate him. And then yeah. he just turned around and said, well, we wouldn't have yeah. made the offer if we didn't think you really had something. Um, right. We were right. just sort of using that as a, you know, as a bargaining, bargaining chip. Um, yeah. So it, it's a nice way of diffusing that, that t- typical trope of making the villain. Um, yeah, because really yeah. Yeah, yeah, there really isn't a villain in mm-hmm. this, you know, kind of scenario when something like this happens. Like there are people just with different opinions for once. Yes. <laughs> I'm used to, you know, in 2020, there's a lot of <laughs> villains. <laughs> yes. So it's a nice little change of pace for there to just be different, yeah. di- you know, differing opinions, adults <laughs> with differing opinions. Oh, man. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Oh, but, crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and yeah, he did. He just needed to be. He just needed to. Henry just needed to get over it, and yes. and you know he need, he needed her. He needed Shannon to, to lift him out of his doldrums, and <laughs> everyone's fine. And everyone, you know, it seems like that like all the residents got you know twenty percent above market value Very for their places, and. And they, you know, and the corporation got their space to make their Millennium Gate. And, you know, and we don't know what happened. I'm, you know, I'm assuming they said they're going to build a school. Yes. You know, a really nice school. And, you know, I'm hoping Jason, I'm hoping Jason had some, uh, some, you know, (laughs) some of his, uh, Opposite of ancestors. Yes. <laughs> what's, yes the, what's the opposite of ancestors? Like, yeah, his 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 descendants would his be. Descendants. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, that's <laughs> right. The word descendant. Yep. <laughs> his descendants, you know, are probably, you know, doing really well too because he's a great great kid. Who knows? Yeah, maybe but, uh, he was he was there and he would be. He got a good education. Yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. It's great that you mentioned Jason because now we get a few more scenes where it's more about uh Shannon and Jason and how they're interacting as yes. well. Um we've mentioned the gaming uh and being a gamer. 
uh, which yeah, that was cute. Which for two thousand, obviously, you know, uh, we still weren't out of the typical oh, the geeks are in the basement sort of uh, way of looking <laughs> at gamers uh, and things like this. Uh, so it was it, it was one refreshing that someone was uh, being an out and out gamer and an adult, and um, <laughs> and, and the fact that it was a woman who is being a gamer and being portrayed as the sensible, you know, intelligent person who's strong-willed and, and independent and isn't seen as meek and mild, which was sort of the typical trope of the female gamer uh, at the time. Um, and then we also go on to Henry's sort of comes in with some supplies whilst they're sitting out and doing this protest. And, you know, they're, they're trying to trick him up with scientific terms for chickens and things like this. Um, <laughs> any more thoughts on the Shannon-Jason relationship and the gaming if you like yeah i mean that's i was in college at this time so i was a gamer but <laughs> but it was okay it was okay to be a gamer yes <laughs> if you're in college i guess you're right because i didn't think about that she's i think she's around 43 in this episode shannon odell yes. o'donnell is about 43 i guess if you you know count backwards um which is which i didn't think of that's so funny yeah because <laughs> We played a lot of games in college, yes. my friends and I. Yeah. Like we we wasted a lot of time. We would play um, Red Alert and Command and Conquer and Age of Empires a lot. Did you play any Matrix oh. of Doom? Um, did you enjoy? It? <laughs> you know, I did not play any Matrix of Doom. I missed that one. Ah. <laughs> I, I can tell you now, uh, sitting in the century that I came from, uh, Matrix of Doom goes through many different iterations, and the holodeck version of it is fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, <laughs> We move on to sort of talk about the self-sustaining environment, and uh, this is Shannon's sort of oming up to talking to Moss uh, and so forth, and they break, or you know, the characters go their separate ways. Um, it's We end at 29 minutes 51 seconds and come back at 34 minutes 34 seconds. Um, Shannon and Moss have another meal uh, where we then get the sort of redemption of what would have been the typical villain in a stereotypical way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then we get Shannon with her cookies. Uh, she's on her way back uh, and she's going to be uh, trying to decide where she's going to take her future. Is she going to take the job with Moss uh, or is she going to go to uh, Florida as she had originally attended? Um, a literal crossroads. A literal <laughs> crossroads. Exactly. It's right there. Um, but there for the sake of a cookie, um, she turns <laughs> back. And I, I like this because I had a little tradition. Um, when I used to work up in London uh, for my job, I had to travel out to different um, uh, places around the UK um, it, was sort of, it was sort of like networking and sort of doing that sort of thing and I had one of those little traditions when I was travelling it wasn't cookies it was a brand of coffee which I will not mention and a bagel and um, I would always eat the same thing I love bagels Every, exactly yeah it's it's so, it's nice it just makes you feel so nice and good but it, yeah. it was just nice to think that there's this character who's got a, an eating tradition which is the exact same thing I did every time I went on a journey. I would eat the same thing and it would be my, my good luck charm. So that once I got all the information I oh, needed where I was cool. going, I would come back. I was just wondering if you had one of those traditions. No, but I, yeah, I'm definitely going to stop and get snacks when I'm doing a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> I don't have a, a particular one. It could clearly change your life. Who knows? Right? I know, right? I should get, I should get a tradition so I can <laughs> know what to do with my life. <laughs> 
but, but yeah, no, but it's relatable. It is. Uh, it's just one of those Snack little character beats. It, it might not mean many <laughs> things to many people, but just I used to have one of those work trip uh, treats whenever I was working and, and traveling for work. Um, we then get Shannon coming back because the, the cookies tasted bad. Um, she had a bitter taste in her mouth and she had to come back. But she does say she can't get stuck in the uh, the the present. Uh, no, she can't get stuck in the past. And uh, he can't get stuck uh, there either. But maybe they can get unstuck in the present. And I just like that line. I, it's just one of those things that where the writer in me thinks, oh, that's a nice little one. I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of kind of shows you how like because the opposites attract thing is is kind of like yes. usually doesn't work out well in real life. <laughs> But you kind of see through here how they kind of like like came to the middle yes. middle ground there, you know. And yeah, maybe she's not going to get to travel to Mars, but she's going to at least play a small role in having that happen for her ancestor. For ancestor, I did it again. Her descendant <laughs> <laughs> in the future, and and that's lovely. And then he he gets pretty much a second second uh, shot at you know yeah at, at moving on with his life and they they even give a suggestion of maybe you know we'll find you a quiet corner and uh, she'll have connections and they'll tuck him <laughs> away somewhere where he won't get bothered um i like the idea that he's, right, yeah. he's running this business and doesn't get bothered by customers that's that's a brilliant <laughs> however he's running his business i want to know how he does that yeah you can just sit and read books all day that's what oh, i'd do if i owned a bookstore it's <laughs> genius uh but it did make me think that maybe, you know, with all the short treks, uh, I would like to see Henry in his shop uh, uh, in the middle of this Aww, this future yeah. world, uh, you know, of the, the Millennium Gate. Or just seeing something set in the Millennium Gate as a nice little reference uh, to Aww. the Trekkies or something like that. Um, but um, maybe we'll come to that in a minute with our criteria. Um, uh, obviously, he's brought out to a, a clapping crowd as he is sort of... He hasn't caved, but he has given over to progress, uh, and that is the way forward. And uh, it ends at 42 minutes and 43 seconds. So any other thoughts on the episode before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I just I just think it's I just think it's a lovely, a lovely message, you know, about, you know, why why Star Trek was possible? You know, mm. <laughs> you gotta look looking to the future and looking to you know Mars you know Mars here that that that's our next step towards getting to the Star Trek future. Um, and I, I like you know I don't want to talk too much about the the shots on Voyager because that happens um, at a different time bubble. By but, all means. but I I, say, I just think it's so funny that she's she's upset about Shannon O'Donnell not being who she thought she was. Um, when in reality, she should more just be proud mm. of who she's become and ha- think of how proud Shannon O'Donnell would be to know that her, that she might not have ever made it to Mars or into outer space at all, but her ancestor, her, I did it again, her descendant <laughs> is the captain of a starship. That's like, crazy. how proud would she be of Catherine Janeway to know that? Yes. You know, and I, I think that I think that's that's more what's useful to me about looking to, to your ancestors yes. is to think of it in terms of that, in terms of their lives and difficulties they've had, you know, not as much as their accomplishments, like their difficulties and how much you are 
the promise of what could be and, you know, and how proud, I think that's so often how proud my ancestors would be of me. You know, Janeway was, um, you know, was disappointed finding out her, her ancestor was an engineer. (laughs) But you know what? My, my ancestors would be so super proud to know, you know, that that's, that I, that I did something that they could, you know, only dream of back then. And, and what, you know, my, my, like I said, I I always say like, like my, my grandparents, my grandpa was a coal miner. Mm -hmm. My other grandpa was a, um, was a a postal worker, you know, and, and they worked, they both worked really hard manual, you know, manual jobs their whole life and, and how proud they would be of me now. You know, yeah, to, as they would then, be. It's just so cool. It's, it's just so cool. It's incredible. And I'm not that I'm just, like I said, I'm just a, I'm just a scrub. I'm not going to Mars either. But but you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, and I, I just think I just think that I just love that idea. And I love that they they did that in Star Trek. It's, it's just so cool because, God, everything that we see them do in Star Trek, you know, start it from all these, you know, <laughs> Every step, you know, and and, the important right, and we're doing an important. We have an important step now, and yeah, and each step is important to get to that Star Trek future. I love it. I love it. That's a beautiful point to to stop on there. That's that's great. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree. There's not much else I can say on that, Um, but there is a great line uh, which we'll come to when I get to Voyager in. What I think I predict is 18 years in this podcast. Um, uh, when I get to this episode and watch all of the future parts of it, there is a great line from Chakotay that I love for this episode about how uh, she didn't know she had to live up to your expectations. I, right, I really right. like that line. Um, but, uh, but there we go. Um, right, let's go to our first. Oh, I guess I guess you'll be you'll visit the very last scene though, in, in it's 2050, I think, right? Yes, the picture. Yes, that's exactly. right. Yeah. That, that won't be too far away. That's not far off because it's sort of it's a picture. <laughs> so I wouldn't have done if it was just a picture, but because we do actually yeah, see then, them taking it, it will be yeah. coming up. So yes, yeah. oh yes. Yeah, they flash forward. Yeah, they, it was a it was weird doing this research for 21st century. Uh, <laughs> one because I completely forgot this was in the 21st century. I thought it was both. Uh, sneak behind the uh, the temporal trek veneer here. Uh, to my <laughs> listeners, uh, I apologise because I actually thought this was uh, 1999, not 2000. Uh, so I'm giving myself a slap on the wrist for that. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, but also I was right there with you. I was like, yeah, 99, <laughs> Y2K. <laughs> Oh, I know what I can talk about on this. This is great. Yeah, right. I'll talk about The Matrix. That came out that year, this year. Yeah, that'd be great. And then all of a sudden she said, oh, it's 5th of December in 2000. Oh, no. I'm going to have to change the schedule and everything. But I've discovered... The music's worse, too. We had some pretty good uh, oh, yes. music yes. in 99. Oh. <laughs> one year. One year changed it all. And there we go. And we got to Baja Man. Uh, oh, who, man. Who let the dogs out. Oh, there we go. Um, but uh, I forget what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No. Oh yes. Because of this, yes, there is now a, a little scene of the family having their portrait taken uh, or their photo taken, yeah. um, which never would have been there had I actually bothered to remember this episode in full detail. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's amazing how all these things kind of slip from us. Um, So our first criteria is continuity. So based on the scenes in 2000, uh, do you think that there was any impact on continuity? 
In in what sense? In the sense of do you think that anything happened the greater... in this episode oh. that changes how the future will play out? Oh well, we lucked out here that this isn't this hasn't involved any time travel. Yes. This is just us getting a peek into what happened in the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. So you could they could do anything they want because they're not changing anything. Yes. Unlike, say, Carbon just, Creek, which was right. a story, but yeah. it maybe didn't come true or wasn't real. <laughs> uh, 1159 like, is know, the Velcro truth. Is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So so we, we got lucky here. There's no continuity questions. Fantastic. As yeah. far as that goes. Yeah. Because yeah. this is actually how it happened. <laughs> if anything, it will only yeah. change what uh, Janeway has to tell her Aunt Martha. Right. <laughs> And Janeway's not privy to all the details we are, which is sad. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of wish Janeway could sit and watch the episode 1159 too. Well, maybe if I, I ever she... get back to my time period, I'll run into the Admiral and I'll let her know. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> uh, so if there's no continuity problems, we're going to go to A, alterations. Uh, now alterations doesn't mean you have to change the episode, but do you feel that there's anything they could have done more with, uh, done better, or would you have liked to have seen a little scene maybe expanded? Um, or, like I suggested, with the short treks, something you would like to see based on this episode? Oh, I like your idea of the short trek, except I don't know I don't know if I really want to visit this time period. <laughs> you know, they, did the Millennium Gate. They, they give us the time. They, they, they say what, how long it took to make. Yes. I, I mean, till the Millennium Gate open, I can't remember now. At the very end, the last thing I think is like eight years or yes, thirteen yeah, years. Yes. Okay. So uh, that would that would put us. Oh, it's open. It's open now. Yeah. So they could. Oh, yes. So really. they could do. They could. Yes, yeah, so they could do. Like you said. Like you said, strange new worlds. Mm. <laughs> they could go back to now, and it would be the Millennium Gate. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. And they're running through the mall, cool. uh, just chasing some other aliens who are. I know, doing something, yeah. and they run into Henry Janeway or Jason Janeway, all grown up, who's now running the shop, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, I like that. Man, that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I understand. Like, as far as when you say alterations, like, I, I, I totally get that. Like, this isn't everyone's cup of tea, and some people might think it, it's slow or just, you know, boring or, or whatever <laughs> like, I get that. there's no there's no pew pew at all <laughs> in this even in the vo- even in the in the scenes with the voyager it's just uh it's just them basically researching genealogy <laughs> it is genealogy the episode exactly that is exactly right yeah, yeah. i kind of i like the change of pace i like it i like it i like that you could do this genre in Star Trek and have it work. So yeah, so I don't I don't have anything in in particular. How about cool. you? No, yep. Yeah. Um, the expansion maybe see you know revisit this time period so you get to see the the gate opened as I've said. Um, as far yeah, as alterations, a- again, I think as we've said before, as you mentioned, um, there is no villain and that's nice. That's it's yeah. it means it didn't go down the trope route. It wasn't cliched. Um, you had both sides with a reasonable argument. The past and the future are represented, and maybe the good compromise is to just live in the now and you know um, make things a bit better. But you don't have to give up everything. Um, right. I think it's got a good message and it, it works. And I think the love story is it's natural. It, it feels like it it, it goes um, 
very well. It doesn't suddenly become a love story out of nowhere. You can see where yeah. the flirtations come from. You can see why these two characters are drawn to each other. Um, even though on paper you would never put them together. If this was Match.com, <laughs> this would never work out, ever. Um, but they do meet in the middle, and it's just nice. It's just a great character piece for me. Um, so I, I wouldn't change anything about the episode, but I would love to revisit the time period or the characters in some way. Um, and uh, if Strange New Worlds does it, or if Lower Decks, which is currently... Uh, being shown or is about to be shown I think um, near you isn't it yes I'm so sorry for all my yeah. <laughs> all my international friends yeah, that I haven't know. gotten a date yet I'll, <laughs> the edit, date in the US I'll edit in some, August. some crying from, uh, from the I know, UK I feel so bad I know. Oh, that's such a bummer <laughs> I really hope they get their act together yes uh, for for you, but yeah, yeah, Lower Decks is coming out, and they can do they can do whatever they want exactly. <laughs> with animation. So yeah, there could be time travel. Um, it's uh, yeah, we got the titles. Uh, there's a one of the episodes. I'll have to. I don't have that off the top of my head, but um, one of the episodes had like a temporal title. Oh, so oh. it could be going in that direction. But yeah, that'd be cool because then you can make the Millennium Gate look. Like it does, you know, in the Voyager shots, you can you yes. make it like this big grandiose thing that that Neelix says you could see from outer space. Much yes. <laughs> <laughs> easier on lower deck. One of those, yeah, one idea. of those man-made objects that can be seen from outer space. Yep, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so moving on to our next criteria is recommendations. Now there are three strands to this. Um, the first recommendation <laughs> being to Star Trek fans. Do you feel that these scenes, as they are, are um, a, a good part of Star Trek to recommend to Star Trek fans. See, <laughs> you got to tailor it specifically to the person you're recommending to, mm-hmm. you know, because I guess I, I know a lot of people that would be very interested in, 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 you know, this kind of, you know, romantic story and some people who would really, really not be interested. In <laughs> um, but, you know, as far as, I mean, yes, that's a that's a really hard question. <laughs> you know, you'd be like a specific Star Trek fan. I, I could have gone, you know, the five star ratings system, but I chose yeah. something deliberately, stupidly difficult. No, no, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, I, you know, what I'm I'm probably gonna have to go no. Okay. You yeah. know, I personally love it. You could skip it yeah. and be totally fine and, you know, and you might not be as interested as I am in, you know, revisiting that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to go with no. Yeah, that, uh, I, <laughs> I agree with you on that one because it, it's, it doesn't have the pew-pews for the people who like the pew-pews. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's hard to sort of recommend because you get into that certain way of thinking a Star Trek episode should be this. And it, it shouldn't always be that way. You should have character moments. You should have character episodes that are um, a nice sort of delve into maybe a theme like the past meets the future and things like this. But it is, if you're coming to Star Trek, as we've mentioned, there's a whole shared universe on Netflix that you could watch, which is in a similar <laughs> vein to this. There is a whole other genre. So if you wanted to come to Star Trek for Star Trek, whatever that might be, um, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily come to these scenes. So I guess to Star yeah. Trek fans, yes, we can't 
uh, really recommend on that. Yeah. What about um, non-Star Trek fans? If we were making that fictional uh, brainwashing kit and we said, this is Star Trek, <laughs> this is what you can expect when you come to Star Trek, would these scenes be in there? I'm going to have to say no again. Mm-hmm. Um, because, it, 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 again, it, it's... It's Star Trek in a different in a genre it usually you usually don't get from Star Trek. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not it's obviously not typical of what you would see if I'm trying to get somebody into Star Trek. Now that being said, if I had someone who I knew, you know, also had a guilty pleasure of, of Christmas movies, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to get them into Star Trek, yes. <laughs> then I'd be like, oh, watch this episode first. It's kind of, you know it's kind of kind of cute you know, Star Trek twist on a Christmas movie, but that's a very specific (laughs) non-Star Trek fan. So I'm going to have to say no again. (laughs) Just one more fan. That's all we need. Just one more fan. Uh, yeah, no. I'm working on it. Every, <laughs> every, everyone I know is on the Star Trek I try to get into. <laughs> it is. You can tailor it. Yeah, exactly. Pick an episode that's sort of around what they like, and there you go. Um, but I'm yeah, gonna, I'm the same on I've that one. I've heard it a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm exactly the same. It, as I was watching this, uh, nothing about that scene sort of turned the heads of my kids. I know I always blame it on my kids, right. but yeah. if, if my kids see it and I feel that it's grabbed their attention in any way. Oh, they would have no interest in this whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. Just not go out there. I thought it was going to go that way as soon as um, my eldest, who is the gamer, saw Jason playing a game on on a laptop and they were talking <laughs> about games. But no, he was fully into Fortnite. There was no getting yeah. him back. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he was throwing the flare into the Crystal Fortress, so he was, you know, he was too different there. Um, we're, 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 my, we're playing a lot of Minecraft in my house right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, if it's not Minecraft, it's Fortnite. It's Roblox. It's, oh, it's Roblox. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but there we go. <laughs> Do you play Roblox with them? Um, I've tried Roblox. That one I can't get into. Minecraft, I'm okay. Fortnite, I'm okay. <laughs> But Roblox. I got a Roblox account. If you if you start playing Roblox, let me know. We can oh, make a friend you. Oh, okay. Oh, that's an invite. There we go. All right. Then. Uh, well, I need, we can hang out. And... I, I need to entertain myself between uh, temporal jumps. So uh, I'll get the Xbox set up in here, and we'll go for it. Absolutely. Um, so lastly, the recommendation to the godlike entities. Um, how important do you feel these scenes are to the grand scheme of things? Not important. No, that's okay. But 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 it does show you. It's kind of like kind of like you know how you know how Enterprise basically showed you how humans got from us to Kirk. Yes. You know, it's kind of like the missing link. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I kind of think that scenes like this are important for that too. Yes. You know. Yeah. So I, I, you know, and I, I kind of like. So I, I'm, I'm one of those people who thinks everything, and <laughs> you know, watch them all. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't leave. See it or skip it. <laughs> see them all, <laughs> even the really crummy ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but I get, I get that overall. This is, I would say, it's not important. Um, yeah, it's just a personal, a personal favorite. Yes. But not, you know. <laughs> not an actual good one <laughs> no, i completely un- understand on that one yeah i was thinking like could i argue that if shannon doesn't meet with henry 
then some sort of progress doesn't happen. So it's, you know, there's some uh, part of the world that doesn't change. But this is just retelling how history actually was. So, you know, there was yeah. no chance of it ever being changed. There was no timey-wimey stuff um, to, to change it. Exactly. But if she didn't you know, do Jane it, Yeah, Jane Waven says it. Without her, I wouldn't become a star tri- starship captain. Exactly. Yes. Even then, if the uh, myth was changed. Yeah. And that, but then she does say, well, then I wouldn't have stranded you guys in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> then they wouldn't have saved seven. Yes. And then there is a longer lasting impact. So there is always that. But no, I'm, I'm with you on that. It, it fills in the blanks, but it, it always yeah. happened. It was always going to be there. And if this, the episode were written differently, maybe this would have just been a background story that Janeway yeah. would have told to Neelix in the first scene, and then we would have run into some aliens, and it would have been Red Alert, and then there would have been Pew Pews. You know, it's it's a lovely story, and I love the episode, even to the point where I did watch the whole episode. Um, <laughs> normally I try and stick to the scenes and try and religiously keep oh. to the, the concept, but I just enjoyed the characters. I just enjoy a nice little bit of writing that just gives us a good sense of uh, the family of Voyager. Um, yes. And, yeah, because I love the way they connect that at the end, like, exactly. like to family, you know. Exactly. The family that came before us and the family we've created for ourselves. And it's, it's beautiful. Yes. Little, it's a little, it's just a little self-contained nugget of, of warmth, you know? Yeah. That's all it is. I think that's a perfect way to <laughs> and end. And that's okay. Yes. <laughs> a nugget of warmth. I like that. That's it. Um, that's it. I think we've reached that point. Um, thank you so much, Jen, for being on the episode. Uh, it's been thank fantastic. You. Um, I, thank you for having me. This was great fun. I was so delighted that I was going to get both you and Ross uh, on the show <laughs> um, because uh, it, it feels weird talking about how I've listened to your podcast. I feel like you're, I'm your stalker <laughs> for the two of you. But, uh, uh, but uh, no, I really do enjoy it. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on here. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. And we'll have to return the favor and, and have you on yes. Snapchat. <laughs> I need to I need to figure out something that hasn't already been said. Every time I try and think yeah. of something, I go back through the feed and it's like, oh, no, they've already done that one. Oh. <laughs> I think for me it was uh, Battle Lines and Day of the Dove was one I thought, oh, yes. have they ever done that? And I scrolled back and I'm like, oh, yes, they did. And I remember that. <laughs> they even made that point. Oh, never mind. Uh, but uh, before I let you go, uh, just to reiterate to our listeners, how can they find you and uh, why should they listen to Snap Trek? Oh, <laughs> you're making me defend myself here. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yes. In court. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at eat at quarks and at Snap Trek. Um, and yeah, if it listen to Snap Trek, if you like, um, <laughs> if you like, uh, middle of the road to terrible poetry <laughs> star trek poetry <laughs> very terrible when and, it's mine just to, just to say <laughs> and if you if you just if you just enjoy taking two episodes and looking at them from different angles and and you know at snap track we like to say that that that, that there's something good in every episode you know it, it, no matter what comparison you can, uh, uh, between two episodes you make you could, you know, if you have a really good episode and a really terrible one, you could still find a category that that terrible episode would beat yes. the good one in, you know. And then we just like to find those 
categories and those little little ways to look at the episodes that um you know that might highlight some of the good some of the good things all we all we do on snapchat is is you know care about the good the good things the things we love about star trek the categories are amazing i have to say (laughs) there are things that i wouldn't even consider as a category but you you find them and it's so good Um, they're really come up with it's so good (laughs) thank you again so much um i'm going to be moving into the last criteria which is s on our l cars system uh join me next time for season two episode two of this podcast we're going to season three of enterprise and it's the year 2004 in carpenter street Um, and we are going to uh zero minutes and zero seconds (laughs) thank you very much for listening and i'll catch you in the next time stream if you'd like to contact the show there's now a twitter account search temporal trek podcast at rider underscore coattail or contact me directly at hitch underscore daniel i'm also on instagram daniel underscore hitch underscore writer there's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all, but if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon, and we'll catch you in the next time stream. <laughs>